Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Dolly. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Dolly. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. 804 on a Friday. Sweet, sweet Friday. You are listening to the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Halford and Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are in hour three of the program. As the music suggests, Rick Dollywell will be joining us in a moment here. Kick off hour three. Hour three is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. And we are coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics providers, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find a perfect fit at kintech.net. To the phone lines we go. Our Canucks expert here on the Halford and Bruff Show, Rick Dollywall from the Donnie and Dolly Show, Check TV, joins us now. What up, Rick? How are you? Couldn't be better. Always a pleasure. Um I want to talk uh, quickly about Devon Taves, the Abbotsford kids. Yeah, um, buddy. El- Elliot just said progress. I got a little bit more on this. Uh, I'm talking to uh, his agent right now, Ross Gurney, who you guys know well. Um, look, he's staying in Colorado. He would have been a sought-after UFA on July 1st. Given that he's 30 years old next year, term was the most difficult thing to cross the hurdle in this negotiation, okay, guys? Because he's 30 and, and the Avalanche really didn't want to give him eight years, right? To stay with a Stanley Cup contender in Colorado would mean he would have to take less on his AVV. So I am hearing that it is going to be six or seven years for Devon Taves to re-sign with Colorado. Uh, just a wonderful story, guys. And this guy was a fourth rounder. You know, he went to three years university, three years in the American League. You know, he didn't get to the NHL till he was 24, 25. You know, they say the word patience in hockey. You even hear it in Adam and Pee Wee, but no one's got patience. Everybody wants to see uh, the end result today, but there is not a more wonderful story than Devon Taves on patience and just going along and developing at his own rate. I expect the number uh, to be obviously in the six, seven million range. Um, it, it, he's going to get a nice bump from his four term was the reason they did, couldn't do it earlier, but, uh, it looks like a six or seven year for Devon, uh, six or seven year deal guys. I'm going to, I'm going to guess in the seven million range, uh, for a local kid who no one ever talks about, but this guy is a, you know, he gets to play with Kale McCarr. Well, hey, he's good enough to play with Kale McCarr, but it's, it's a wonderful story guys. Well, you say uh, they don't talk about Devontae's very much. They do talk about him uh, on Long Island because that's considered one of Lou Lamorello's worst trades was moving him for just a couple of picks, if I'm not mistaken. And Colorado gets a linchpin of their defense for, God, it's going to be seven or eight years by the time it's all said and done. Yeah, but Mike Lou had no choice. They were up against the cap, and he was getting a bump to the four million range. And they tried to stay in call uh, in New York, but it was a cap-related move, and they didn't want to get rid of him. They just did not. But he had put himself in a position to get a nice raise out of his entry-level deal, and he went up to four million. It's just a wonderful story, but it's uh, it's going to happen soon, guys. Six, seven-year deal uh, for Devon Taves. Just a great kid out of Abbotsford, and uh, couldn't be happier for this guy. So the uh, Avs will have um, Kale McCarr, 
locked up long term. They'll have yep. Taves locked up long term. Probably an interesting one to watch going forward is going to be Bowen Byram because they That's gave right. him the two-year bridge deal. So they don't yeah. have to figure this out for a couple of years. But yeah. this guy, with his potential, if he oh. can stay healthy, and I really hope he can stay healthy, he's gonna he's probably going to force some tough decisions when he is ready to sign his long-term contract. Oh, you're bang on. And he's going to be one of these guys that is going to get one heck of a deal, the next one, Boom Byram. And you saw what he did in Vancouver. You, you saw uh, what he is. You know, he's already won a Stanley Cup. It's on his resume. Um, you're right, though. They, and they, all got, they got a couple of other guys, uh, uh, Brock, that are up, too, that are going to be pretty significant. You know, in a perfect world, I think Devon Taves uh, would have liked an eight-year deal, mm-hmm. but you can't do that in Colorado. They, Because of his age, they were really concerned. Gurney had to fight hard on the term, and they got uh, not only Bowen Barham, but I got to double check. They got some forwards that are in for some big raises as well. So uh, good on him, and uh, the Avalanche are getting one heck of a kid here for another six, seven years. Uh, Rick, so Connor Garland, not as much heat on him right now because he scored first goal in the uh, Canucks 8-1 destruction of the Edmonton Oilers. I still can't believe that happened, but it did. Um, Is there any update or clarification on the Connor Garland situation? So here's what I want to say on Garland. Both sides continue to work the phones, the Canucks and Garland's a a new agent, Judd Muldaver. Muldaver knows this is a, a contract with term. It's a capped out NHL. It's not going to be easy. Now, the agent is going to need help from the Canucks. Retaining on Garland or adding a sweetener, that's what teams want. Teams think that Garland's a $3 million player, not $5 million. That's why the Canucks have not been able to move him for over a year. Now, if the Canucks can somehow retain 30% or $1.5 million, that makes the agent's job easier. That's what I'm hearing is 1.5. If the Canucks could get to that number, it's going to be uh, a little bit easier to move Garland. There are teams interested. I'm here in Nashville. Someone told me Winnipeg, others as well. So the good thing for the Canucks, there is interest in this player, but unfortunately not at 4.9 million. And by the way, guys, this was not a trade request. Both sides are working together to see if they can make this happen. The timing wasn't great um, the day before the regular season, but this happened this way because this is the week he uh, elected to change agents. He left his old agent, Peter Cooney. Now, I want to tell you guys a story about player-agent relationships. Garland's old agent Cooney got a call in 2012 to go see a 16-year-old Garland in Moncton. Nobody was interested in him. He wasn't, he wasn't highly regarded. He had no agents at the time that wanted him at all. Cooney makes a 14-hour trip to go see Garland. First period, Garland coughs up the puck. The other team scores. He never saw the ice again in that game. Cooney still stuck around, watched him some more, signed him up, and up till this week they were together for 12 years. When a player leaves an agent, the word loyalty always comes up. Where is the loyalty? I talked with some veteran agents this week who were not impressed with Garland leaving Cooney after a relationship that long, and especially after the contract that he got him. But players have their reasons as well. Agents put an incredible amount of time into players. They have to deal with parents, coaches, GMs, and owners in the whole nine yards. But this agency business is a tough, tough, shark-infested water industry. It's like that uh, show guy, Shark Tank. A lot of guys like Mr. Wonderful. A lot of, lot of Mr. Wonderfuls in that industry. But um, Go ahead. Um, why did he change agents? 
I, I got a pretty good idea, but I'm not going to go. I, I heard a few weeks ago that he was thinking about it, and I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to uh, talk. That's between. But, but, but it's a huge. But, don't yell. But let's yeah, not start I, yelling. I have a good idea. I have but, a good idea, but I'm not going to go public with that. Right, but like you know what everyone else is saying, right? He's like but, he changed agents to get traded. This last guy no, couldn't make no, it happen, no, so he no, hires a no. new guy to make it happen. No, no. I talked to Cooney this week, okay, calm and down. I asked him. Hold calm a down. second. Hold calm a second. Down. Let's just do this I know, calm but down. I asked him. I asked him flat out. I go, did you ever ask for a trade? And he said no. There was a report in Edmonton that uh, Garland asked for uh, a trade in the summer. And, and I asked Cooney, did you ask for a trade in the summer? He said no. Let me ask you something, uh, uh, Brof. Have you ever heard of a player ask for a trade uh, one game before the regular season opener? Uh, no, but, the, but okay, I'm such a well, bold then, gambit. But maybe yeah. he wasn't very happy. Maybe he wasn't very happy playing on the third line. Maybe he finally yeah. got frustrated with with things. Yeah. Maybe there was a breaking point. I'd never heard of a goalie getting traded or seeking a trade after not starting a, a, a hockey game at BC Place. But you know what? It happened once. Okay, so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you how I think this went down. He changes agents, and the new agent calls the Canucks and it says, "Hey guys, I'm the new agent." Canucks said, "Look, we're, we're trying to get rid of his contract in a in a tough cap world." And he said, "Hey, if you guys are trying to get rid of him, can I help?" Right. No different. Than Brock Besser and and Ben Hankinson last year, right, guys? No different. I I've been I've been told by a very important person in this that he did not ask for a trade. It was simply if you guys really do want to move him, can I help with the process? That's that's the way it was told to me. So I I don't think it it was a trade quest, uh, Brock, and I'm going to stick to my guns on that. Okay, um, what could the Canucks if they were willing to retain? Yeah, what would a trade look like? What comes back? Yeah, that's a, a good question. Yeah, but uh, but it, they've been trying to move him for a year and a half. We know this, and they can't do it because they weren't willing to retain. They were willing to retain a small number on Besser, but it wasn't good enough to get it done. But if they can get to one five or a little bit higher, I think teams will be excited. I think teams will be excited if the Canucks retain uh, and get him in the three million range. Uh, because what I was told is teams think Garland's a three million dollar player. He's just simply not four nine. But if if you're so desperate to get rid of them, uh, uh, Brof, why not just retain and, and make the move? Like, well, well, one of the reasons might be is that the Canucks might need them. Like, how many wingers on the Canucks are better than Garland? How many? Yeah. Two or three? Yeah. But He's on their top I, line right yeah, now. I, uh, Oh, only because of uh, 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 only because of injuries. I mean, I mean, Mikheyev comes back. I mean, but I, I, I will say this: uh, he's also in in Garland's defense. He he's been in Vancouver, and the moment he got here, uh, they, they've been trying to trade him. You know, uh, they, they they've been trying to the, since the new regime got here, they've been trying to trade him. It's look at the look at the Canucks cap situation. They have zero dollars available on the cap. There's a reason why they're trying to do this, and it's simple. It's to get some sort of cap relief. But they might have. They might be painful. They might have to retain or put a sweetener in. That's the bottom line. Um, Brock Besser, four goals in his first game. Oh. Um, what was the story for you there, besides the four goals? What, what was your takeaway from that? Had a great summer. His off-ice training has him looking leaner and faster. Uh, I can't find anyone in this city who's not happy for him. E- even the Canucks organization. Like, they've got to be super happy. 13 months ago, think about this, guys. His agent was given permission to seek a trade. Today, he's the toast of the town. 
He, what really hit me the other night was his smile. In the, he was having so much fun against the Oilers, and we have not seen that since his rookie year. And and good for him. You know, when I talked to his agent Ben Hankinson last year when he was given permission um, to seek a trade, I mean, at that time, guys, it, I, I thought it was going to happen. I thought Ben's going to get in there, uh, but it was a tough contract to move, and he's had a lot of ups and downs in Vancouver. But he's never squawked or whined or complained or bitched about always having his name. I know it bothers players when they hear their names in Vancouver and trade rumors mm-hmm. because they got families. You know, it's a constant grind at the trade deadline. You know, the Besser, Garland, Myers, all these guys, they hear their names and, it, 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 and how does it not bother them? They're human beings, you know. So I'm just really happy for this guy. I just think that he, he comes in, he plays, he's a no-nonsense type. Type guy, and um, you know, I, I, I he, he did what he had to do in the off season. He, he got better. He changed up his training, and uh, he looks leaner and faster. Guys, four goals on eight shots the other night, and uh, everyone's hoping that he hits thirty. Did you laugh when you heard Frege talking about uh, Pedersen and how the Canucks should? Offer him eleven billion dollars in a contract. I was like, I don't well, think like that the, they're going to hey, get under the cap there. Well, let me let me throw this at you guys. If uh, uh, one thing I wonder about, if Patterson's at like fifty points in forty games, do the Canucks get aggressive and and buck up and send the Brinks truck his way, or wait till after the season? Because mm-hmm. they just need a little indication that the one hundred point uh, season wasn't just a one off. Yeah, I four points in the opener the other day. I don't think it. Uh, can I say this about Pedersen? Because you know it's going to get crazy uh, in this city with his contract and all the stories. Canucks fans should really look at Winnipeg and how the Jets just signed Shifley and Hellebeck. Everybody in the world thought they were gone as UFAs. Instead, they signed long-term. Their general manager did it quietly, the way it's supposed to be done, but it got done, and it got done quietly. This is what I can tell you about Pedersen. The lines of communication remain open with the Canucks and his agents, J.P. Barry and Paperson. They've always been open. The goal is to extend them. It always has been. 100%. That The feeling I get from the Canucks is we got two years to do this. There's a lot of time. It is so early in the process to know which way this is going to go. The only way it goes sideways for me is if the Canucks have a tough year and he decides, you know what, I don't want to stick around. That's the only way it goes sideways. But everything I've heard from both sides is they want to get it done. There's no animosity. There's nothing there that stipulates that this guy's not going to get this done as of now. Do you know what Rick Tockett's contract situation is? I thought after game one, he might get a contract extension. Well, hey, hold it a second. Tockett, uh, never mind Tockett. Uh, I, uh, you know, I, I'm wondering what the president's Ooh, uh, contract situation looks like as mm-hmm. well. Because, you know, does Jim Rutherford, um, does he want to sign an extension and finish what he started? Does he want to be here long term and finish what he started? Um, you know, uh, I, I think uh, that one, Tockett, I, I think there's some contracts coming up in management that are going to be very interesting as well. Can I say this about Tockett? Super impressed uh, the way he had the team prepared and focused. Oh, look at Taylor's ripping me. Now he's, he's sitting next to me. Just let me do this. Let me do this. Look at the buildup to the regular season opener, guys. Not a great pre- preseason. Injuries galore. Garland's story. Pedersen's story. He still had the team prepared and focused against the Oilers. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty, and then Quinn Hughes comes out, raves about the game plan and the preparation. You know what? 
a lot of bad habits for uh, Canucks have been so bad. There's so many bad habits. Talkett is eliminating those step by step. He's doing a good job, and he's a teacher. His staff is teaching. Players are buying in, and when the players buy in, good things happen. All right, Rick. Thanks for uh, thanks so much. Always fun chatting with you. Always fun yelling with you. Hope you have a great weekend, buddy. I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it up next week in the yellow yellow meter. Have a yellow meter for me. Yellow? No, not yellow. A yell meter. Yeah, Have so a yell meter for yeah, me. So close. Yellometer. 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 Yeah. Uh, a yellometer. Have a yellometer for me, and then and then gauge it week by week. <laughs> Thanks, Rick. Right. See, See you, buddy. He was so close. There's it's Rick the, there's the, there's the slam. The show. Yeah. I love how he's like, we're saying goodbye. He's like, I gotta go. Yeah. And then slams his rotary yep. phone. That's how this works. I say goodbye. And then you say goodbye. I didn't even think about that. He has a, a physical landline. I think it's so he can slam it down every yeah. time. He's like, got the one where he holds the thing up to the ear with one hand, and he has the thing up to his mouth with the other hand. Do that again? Too bad there's no dog <laughs> camera right now, because you got one hell of a pose that, going Yeah, on that was a there. visual. Yeah. Um, Halford, you you, you got to leave a little bit early, so you're going to miss this next segment. Yeah, um, too bad. Uh, so it'll just be me and the dogs. So um, I'm going to need some Ask Us Anythings. I need them from the listeners. Dogs aren't helping. Uh, the dogs n- rarely help. Uh, so text in your Ask Us Anythings or What We Learns into the Dunbar Lumber text line 650-650. Dunbar Lumber with three stores to serve you in Lander on Bridge Street, Dunbar Lumber Express at Lander Center, or Arbutus in Vancouver online at DunbarLumber.com. Now, have you already checked out or do you have a What We Learned? Or Brother, you, you just- could ask that at 6 o'clock in the morning and I would right. have said yes. Did um, you check out when Dolly started yelling and you're like, I can't do this anymore? Yeah, I was just like, what's a yellow meter? That's yeah. all I really took from that. Mm-hmm. But anyway... Um, I, I've got to ask us anything I wanted to do. Unfortunately, I usually when we do these, I have a good answer at the ready, but I didn't. But I think it's an interesting question. I'm hoping that one of you can go back into your childhood, your youths, and maybe come up with a good answer. Colin and Tawasson is planning his son's 12-year-old birthday party. Then he asked, what's the best birthday party, kids version, that you've ever been to? Is there one that stands out from when you were a kid, like someone had a kick-ass birthday? Mm. The only ones that stood out from when I was a little kid were the ones that were at McDonald's, and there was a caboose, yeah. and it was a, there, was about, there was two of them, Burnaby adjacent. One of them was at the Lowheed and Boundary, yeah. and the other one was at the Cassiar Connector. I remember my my. Buddy. Those were high level birthdays. Oh, Chuck E. Cheese for me, man. That was like the mecca of a Chuck E. Cheese birthday was birthdays. pretty elite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if your sure. if your buddy was like, my dad's taking us all to Chuck E. Cheese, we'd be like, your dad is a god. Yeah, yeah. high level birthday yeah. for sure. Yeah, Sorry, my, my dad is recently divorced and he is <laughs> looking to make up for it. <laughs> He's spending a lot of money on this birthday. Why do you keep calling him weekend dad? Um, okay. My, my my only my my biggest memory from uh, my birthday parties was my buddy Todd throwing up at the table. And that's not really a party. That's just a party trick. At that point. Was yeah, it like yeah. a consistent year to year thing, or it just happened once? Yeah, it just happened once. Oh, okay. And my dad was like, "I don't like that Todd guy. <laughs> he throws up too much." Um, you know what? Chuck E. Cheese is a really good pull. Because I do remember that sort of being like the upper tier. Is that a thing of, anymore? I, I think it's, there's one in Richmond. It's been, okay, so it got rebranded. Uh, there's from, one in Langley. So the, yeah, that's what it's one in Langley. Speaking of puking, it got rebranded from Chuck E. Cheese mm-hmm. to Jolly Genies, and the guys I went to high school with all work there. Oh, okay. and so there was still no, not now. Genies. So there was an well. That's the best part of this is there was like an entry level when you got a job there, and your first job was you are the Jolly Genie. You have to wear the costume. And this was back when we were in like grade 12. So all of it, like our, our weekends were basically like 
football game on Friday and mm-hmm. then drink your face off. And then these guys would go to work at Jelly Genies the next day. And they're like, and you'd it, go there and mock them. It was a rite of passage. How many that, times do you think they went somewhere and just had a cry? No, it was they would in the, in the jelly genie right costume to puke in the helmet. Why is the jelly genie sobbing? You would, you would be like Demko. You'd puke in the helmet because you'd be hung over, oh my sweating God. like a you know complete bag of sweat. Do, and, should yeah. those places even be legal with all like the stomach flu that must emanate from those places? Oh yeah, like I think any tre- kids' place though. Yeah, no, but do you remember when they used to do the Jolly uh, Genies, known as Trenchfoot Alley, as we like to call it? Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's pretty revolting, right? It's bad. It's yeah. gross. They're not the most sanitary places on earth. When one of your job descriptions is to hose out the ball pit, you know you're not in like the cleanest place. It's not a hospital at that point, right? There must like, be some cool places like virtual reality. Kind of there must be cool places for like virtual reality parties. Escape now. Escape rooms are big too. Virtual- See, escape rooms would drive me crazy. I think that's the point of the escape. Room. I know. I always crazy. just go to a hockey game for my birthday. I have a late November birthday. What else is there to do? I'll go do? to a Canucks game. Why, yeah, why don't you? Mm-hmm. We, we, we have the money for that. Year olds. Yeah. Okay, so you're growing up in Hamilton. What would you go to a Bulldogs, Bulldogs game? game? Yeah. yeah, that's not, not bad. That's like the would staple you, birthday. Would you go throw rocks at the old factory? Is that- <laughs> <laughs> See if you can break some windows. The old Defasco mill. <laughs> there you go. Kids show up your birthday, give them a bag of rocks. You poke around. You gotta run. You poke around the smelter. Some of those windows aren't broken yet. Like when Bart, when Bart gets the factory, that yeah, was like yeah. Yeah. Laddie's childhood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was like Millhouse. He was the night watchman. Okay, <laughs> everyone um, in Hamilton had their own factory. Get your ask us anything and what we learns in. We got one final segment. Halford's gonna not for vid- me though. Halford's, I'm out of here. Halford's got a catch uh, fl- a flight to catch. It's funny enough, he's going to Hamilton. Uh, you're listening to the Halford and Brock Show on Sportsnet 650. Big opinions and good bets. It's the People Show with Big Nazar. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Kelowna, California. West Coast. Coast. <laughs> yeah. Kelowna, baby. Best place in the world right here. Kelowna, California. Kelowna, California. Kelowna, So this is when Halford does something with the California song. That Just go, hey! Oh, yeah. Okay, well, you did it, though. This hour of Halford and Bruff is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit campbell-pound.com today. show is also brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today. Visit your nearest Delari Acura dealer. And once again, it has to say today. You have to do it today. So you are listening to the Halford and Bruff show. Six fifty. Halford is gone. He had to. Uh, he had to catch a flight. He's taking a little weekend trip. I actually think I'm hosting with Jamie Dodd on Monday as well. So thank God for that. A bunch of texts into the Dunbar Lumber text line afterwards. Uh, basically asking me to talk about Halford behind his back. What is the most annoying thing about Halford? Um, I'm going to bring in the dogs because I'm bringing in the dogs a lot during this segment. What do you guys think the most annoying thing about Halford is? Ooh, good question. For you guys, what is it? What is it? Can right? we have another two-hour show after this to go into this further? I mean, right, I don't yeah, know if I could fill this into one segment. I think it's the passive listening thing that he does where it makes it seem like he's listening to what you're saying, and then you get to the end of your spiel, and he's just like, huh? 
and he looks yeah. up at you, that's probably the most. I mean, I do, I do that sometimes, but I'm, my excuse is always like, I'm distracted. I'm doing something like, correct. He's not distracted by work stuff. Mm-hmm. He's just distracted by like watching TV. Like I, I, I am ready to take the TVs out of the studio mm-hmm. because that was going to be mine. Can't be trusted. I wish you had a camera on me because what it is is like you slowly see it through a segment, especially with a guest where his face is he loses eyes, interest. Yeah, his, his whole head just slowly mm-hmm. starts to tilt up to the screen. It's kind of like a moth to a flame is what he is to a TV. As soon have as you, the screen moves, have you ever like, noticed that Halford never asks you questions about yourself? Oh yeah, it's a good point. He never asks. He never asks you, "Hey, how are you doing?" What are you up to? How's how how are things going? How was your game last? He's a, he's a big like uh, so I'll come in and I'll be like oh man like uh, we had uh, we had a crazy hockey game last night. He'd be like we had a soccer game. I'm like okay, but I was telling you a story, and now you are like there's there there are those types of people right like mm-hmm. they feel that maybe their way of active listening is to be like I hear that story that you're telling me. And now I'm going to not ask you a question about the story that you want to tell me. I'm going to respond by saying something about me. And I actually do it sometimes. I think we all do it, it's right? It's like killing Halford in the car right now. Listening oh, to no, this. he's not listening to us. You don't think so? There's no chance he's listening to this. But you know what? If he is, it'd be the first time he ever listened. So that's nice. Um, let's do some what we learns now before we completely ruin our relationship with Mike Halford. I actually, I can, can you actually imagine him driving him to the airport? Like, <laughs> There's one thing about Halford. I, I can't picture him holding a grudge for too long. So there's that. No, because he, he, he doesn't have the attention. No. Like, it'll just be like, oh, what's on TV? long-term work. Yeah, what's on TV? <laughs> oh, I was mad at you? <laughs> uh, do any of you guys have a what we learned? I do. Go for it. Please give me a second. What? Me, I'll just do it right okay, away. I have one ready this. to go. Uh, Canucks goaltending prospect, Ty Young. Drafted out of Prince George last year in the draft. Uh, not like people knew a lot about him. He didn't play a ton of games uh, the last couple of years, but he's the starter in Prince George this year, and he had a pretty good night last night against tonight's Vancouver Giants opponent, the Swift Current Broncos. I have a clip to play. Missile blocker to go! Glove save! Diane! Oh, what a save from the current goaltender! McCleary to film in left circle. Film across this one. Timer one! What a save by Young! Here's LaVenture centering pass. Here's Pickering shoots! Went wide! LaVenture the rebound! Loose in front of the goal for Swift Current! So as you can hear from Cole Waldy, they're pretty exciting game. He five and one this year to start for Prince George, and uh, looks like Ian Clark may have found another uh, diamond in the rough there coming out of Prince George. So h- how old is he? Like, w- what does his development arc look like? Mm-hmm. Well, he's nineteen, and he was sort of stuck behind a couple. Like Prince George has been churning out goalies mm-hmm. for some reason. Like Tyler Brandon came out of there recently, uh, so it's been tough for him to get games. But he's Definitely the guy in control now. He's like I said, he's off to a great start this year. Didn't have exceptional numbers, but mm. he was a younger goaltender in the mm, WHL. Just looking and see how many uh, years Thatcher Demko has yeah. left on his contract. <laughs> Only three years left, then he's UFA, and then you're out of here, Demko. Yeah, so it's you'll just, be thirty. It's another great sign, and uh, <laughs> yeah, if you're a Canucks fan, very intriguing that one of your goaltending prospects is putting up the numbers that he is early this season. All right, give us a mukel on that. Hey, dog, what's your what we learned? Yeah, Canada's first ever monster museum 
is opening in Metro Vancouver. This got me very excited when I read, I heard about it, naturally. Uh, Masters FX Monster Museum is going to be opening its doors to horror fans just in time for Halloween this October. 5,000 square foot space, 80 exhibits of handcrafted monsters, creatures, and characters from popular movies and TV shows uh, from the uh, award-winning special effects studio. I'm, I'm reading courtesy Daily Hive here. Mm-hmm. It's got a great descriptor on their website about it. Uh, it's, uh, it was founded in 1987 by three-time Emmy Award winner Todd Masters, and the studio is going to be in, uh, it's in Burnaby. So you could check out, the, I'm a big Star Trek fan, there'll be lots of Star Trek monsters there, and <laughs> like the Borg, that'll be really cool. It's going to be a big-ass monster what, museum. I'm very what, excited about this. What is the best... Uh... What is the best? I read this because I knew you wouldn't want to talk about what it. Is the best? Oh, by the way, it's 40, 4185 Dawson Street, Burnaby. Mm. Be there, uh, be square. What is the yeah. best Star Trek monster? Oh, the Borg. This is, is where this is where I'm trying to like show interest in Adog's interest. <laughs> this is a lot of acting by uh, Brosport right now. Oh, <laughs> the, the dad uh, talking for, to their son or uh, something, yeah. trying to feign interest. Yeah, in the Predator yeah. from the Predator movies will be there, so you can see the Predator suit. Oh, that that is. But that's yeah. not Star Trek. What no, is, no. Well, this is just a monster museum. So Star Trek's just one part of it. But okay, but you like Star Trek. Yeah. Well, what I mean, is your favorite Star Trek? Mo- I didn't even I, know they had monsters. I thought well, they had the, aliens. Uh, or well, that's the word for it. I mean, creatures, aliens. Call them whatever you okay. want. But uh, the monster museum implies anything not human so okay um i guess the borg are probably my favorites but i mean the klingon's probably the most famous but i mean if you love movies if you love tv and you like seeing creatures and monsters and seeing them up close and personal this is a really cool little exhibit they got and i'm pretty stoked for what about it. cookie monster he is a monster would he be there would he be there he better be can i bring my kid bring the cookie monster i mean you could <laughs> she might get a little scared though some of those monsters are a little freaky. yeah predator might freak her out a little yeah bit. Predator was a good monster. Oh, it's a great monster. I hope, I hope they have Alien. I hope they have the, the the Xenomorph, as it were, which I'm sure you knew that's what it was called. Oh, yeah. Of course. I know everything. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. Give us a moo cow on that, and we'll go into the Dunbar Lumber text line. Um, what we learned is brought to you by Get Fire Plan. Protect what matters most with comprehensive fire safety plans, monthly audits, and risk mitigation at $200 off. Visit GetFirePlan.com. Oh, 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 laddie. Laddie, I'm trying to fill in here, and you haven't even... Oh, my God! We're having a fire plan! I'm waiting for Halford's voice to do the read. I wasn't ready for you to make that read. Okay. That's what we fear change. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's an Ask Us Anything from Windsor and Coquitlam. We also didn't print out the dot matrix. That's usually what's doing with it for me. So this, this, is a question, uh, this is a question from Windsor and Coquitlam, and it's only for the dogs. What is the most annoying thing about Jason Bruff? Ooh, that's even harder. Yeah, we're going to need a six-hour yeah. show now. <laughs> Come He's, on. He's uh, a little short-tempered sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the most annoying thing about him, though. <laughs> <laughs> but, it's, it's, but it's definitely on the list. It's a long He's got list. this dead stare. No, I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, nothing. You're perfect. <laughs> no, come on. Come on. I, I honestly it's like a lot work, of little things. I like working. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to, it just adds I'm up. I'm trying to dig know, out right? of the hole here. Laddie's just making it far worse. I like working with both you guys. It's a pleasure. Oh, that's not a good answer. Pleasure. That's not a good answer. Come on. You got to be something I mean, about him that you don't I don't know. He's, he likes rugby. That's that's weird. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I wasn't even good at rugby. I was scared of rugby, but I like the game. Yeah, you do. You're very yeah, fascinated yeah. by oh, it. Oh, I don't like yeah. his 80s references that he gets angry at us about. That's. I mean, I find them educational. They are educational. Because the, the 80s movies he targets. How lame the 80s were. Well, the 80s mm-hmm. movies he targets tend to be ones that only he has heard of, which is why I enjoy it. What are you talking about, man? <laughs> Iron Eagle, especially. 
Iron Eagle is a masterpiece. <laughs> going back to Iron Eagle. Uh, here's a, what we learned from Mike in Richmond. Halford's motto is, that's enough talking about me. Let's talk about you. Tell me. What do you think of me? That's actually, yeah. That's He's used like, that on many yeah, dates before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Halford, Halford isn't great at, again, it, it comes back to a curiosity about people. Like, this is pretty bad for, like, a radio interviewer, too. It's, like, to show, like, a like a general level of curiosity in someone, right? Like My, the bare minimum. Right? He'll be Just asking the bare minimum. asking them a question, but then he'll bring it back to a story about, I remember watching you as a kid, <laughs> and this is what you mean to me. But let's talk about my experience now in that moment, as opposed to your history. Um, what we learned, unsigned, but I think I know who it is. What we learned, I trolled Sean Gentili into believing Connor McDavid won first star honors yeah, over four goal Brock. <laughs> Sorry, Sean. Yeah, so Connect's Twitter has this thing where it likes to create blatant fake news and yeah. see if anyone It's called You it. Got Boothed by the famous Mr. Booth account, which Rick Dollywell loves that account, by the way. Oh, did he get Booth? I think everybody times? has a few times. Like, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Booth is famous for it, but Cody from, I want to say, Canucks Army uh, had, the, had the meme going around, and he did a good job because it looked real. I saw it at first, and I was like, did they really do that? And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, no way they didn't do that. Uh, Stephen Jay with an Ask Us Anything, do you feel obligated on the golf course to say nice shot or good shot to your golf buddies when their shots are actually usually average at best? I'm tired of it and feel like a hypocrite when I say it because I really don't mean it. That's why you need to golf with like your really good buddies. I played golf yesterday and we had a we had a match um, two two against two. It was like kind of like uh, two of us went to one high school and. Two of the other guys went to the other high school, so we made those the team. Uh, there was not a lot of good shot and bad shot, unless it was extremely sarcastic. I think you should actually, like, the one thing I need to do on the golf course is to just shut my mouth because my uh, thing that I always do is someone will hit a putt, and I'll think it's going in, and then I'll be like, oh, good putt, and then it'll lip out. The bruff jinx. And it's like, it's in. Infuriating if that happens. If you hit a putt and you're like, this might go in, and then someone's like, oh, good putt, and then it lips out, you want to kill that <laughs> other person because it almost feels like it's their fault. But you're trying to be supportive. I, have a weird I know, but that's why you just have to, like, you are trying to be supportive, but sometimes, sometimes too, the other thing is, like, you have to know if you're playing with a good golfer and you're not a good golfer, don't say anything about their shots because what might look like a good shot to you is in fact them you know pulling it 10 yards on a wedge and you're like wow that was really good it got on the green has it ever happened to you before like, have you ever played with a golfer so good and then you do that exact thing? You're yeah, just, no, I don't do no, that. Bruff is the good golfer. That no, no, I'm not the good golfer. I'm not the good Who's golfer. Who's the best golfer you've ever played with? Uh, That's kid, not like a professional. A kid, by, a, a kid by the name, oh, well, I mean, I I played in a few primes. I played with this kid named Chris Crisaligo, who um, I don't know. Uh, I don't. He's he's a local kid, and he is he's tiny. He probably weighs like 150 pounds, and he can hit the ball like 330 yards. It is ridiculous how far he can hit it. So when I'm watching him, like he hit this one, he hit the shot on 18 at Fraser View, which looked like it was going to go 100 yards left into the trees. But because he was playing this high fade, it just like floated back down into the middle of the fairway. 
300 yards out, more than that. Like the carry was probably 300 yards. And I was like, I can't do that. Like, So he's, is, you, he'd be the is, best you've ever played with? I think he's the best. Yeah, yeah. Murph's played with some really good players. Like Murph played with uh, Nick Taylor at, oh, wow. at um, Northview. So he played the course where they used to play. That's got to be humbling. The GVO. <laughs> I think Nick Taylor, he said Nick Taylor has shot like 63 or something like that. And and a lot of the times the, you're watching these guys and they just don't make the big mistake. So at the end of it, they're like, what did you shoot? They're like, oh, 68 or whatever. And you're like, God damn. Like, you know, like it is incredible. <laughs> to, to riff off that initial question, Brof, just a little bit, uh, playing hockey, mm-hmm. this is one thing that bugs me as a goalie. I, I, I personally don't like it. When you, goalie makes a nice save and they go up to the goalie, oh man, that was a good save. I hate when my opponents say nice things to me out on the ice. That bugs me so much. So I really hope you're not one of those guys that will go up to the goalie and be like, oh man, that was a nice save. It's along the same vein, I feel right. like. I just, yeah, yeah. When I'm competing against you, don't compliment me. I don't I don't want that. I don't want to hear that at that time. Like, you never want to. So I, 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 shouldn't, that. I shouldn't go give a, like a little tap on I, the pad. If you're against time? me, if you're my teammate, sure. But if you're playing against me, oh, okay. get out of here. I don't want to hear that. I usually do it to the goalies. And I'm like, not many people saved my shots, but <laughs> you did. <laughs> now I have to like you, though. I don't, I don't want to do that. <laughs> uh, Chef Swagger from Hell's Kitchen. What we learned, I learned that after Wednesday's game, Petey, is officially above a point-per-game player for his career. I will have to trust Chef Swagger on that. Um, I still can't believe how well that first game went. It was. Ins- I know. I wish I was. I wish I could have worked yesterday I with s- you guys because I would have loved to talk about it. It was. It was like a dream, yeah. a dream game. Isn't that <laughs> why like, you didn't work? You were you were just so it, elated after. The yeah, game. it was honestly like I could. I was like, what team am I watching right? Now? Like, who is this? Like, who, where was this team all last year? Like, who are these guys? But the, they the, look so good. The crazy thing is, like, you go up and down the lineup, and everyone pretty much had a good play. Yeah, everyone it was really good all around. There wasn't a bad. Who was the Who was the one player? What, which of the new guys impressed you the most? You know, it might be a funny answer, but Pugh Suter. Mm. No, he played well. He and and he's got this like, and I'm not gonna say he's Pavel Datsuk at all, but he's got this like Datsuk deviousness to him. Yeah, where like he's got that hockey IQ that he's really good at takeaways. Like he knows exactly what Mm -hmm. to do to get the puck on his stick when he's chasing after a guy. And it sounds like such a simple little silly thing to notice, but it's so you you so rarely see guys do it really really well. Yeah, and like Datsuk's a guy that I think of that was just like he was the master at it. Like yeah. he would anytime Datsuk didn't have the puck, he's like, okay, this puck's mine now. Ten seconds later, he'd get it. Suter reminds me of that. Where I'm not comparing him skill level wise at all to him, but I'm just saying that takeaway style that he employs reminded me of the Datsuk style, where he's just he's so devious without the puck. He knows exactly what to do, makes the right play at the right time. He's got that hockey IQ that it really stood out to me. I'm like, wow, this guy's a player. Like he's really really good. Devious. Like that. What very, about you, Laddie? Was there was there a guy that 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 stood out for you? Uh, I was mostly watching Demko just to see how he was. Yeah, and I was very impressed early on what I saw. What did you see? Considering it was a flu game, no less. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I didn't even know that he was battling that. So That's knowing that, and a little low energy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he didn't even right, which yeah, was yeah. why it was so surprising when he came mm. out. But uh, yeah, I really I, no notes on that on a game like that. How can you complain? I actually wonder how he's feeling now because yeah. you can get yourself up for a game. If you've got the flu, but quite often, like the days after that can be pretty tough. We want to know where where in the process of the flu is he, right? Was he at the the tail end or was he at the start? Um, For me, it was Ian Cole. And, yeah, he looked and, good. And mostly, mostly on the PK, like just the way he protected the front of his front of the net with his stick, like just 
shut down the passing the PK lane. PK looked awesome. Like the I'm PK like, looked I'm like wow. This is like night yeah. and night and day. And the Oilers <laughs> went one for four, right? Like yeah. the Oilers did score, but against the but Oilers, it's the Oilers, you're kind of like, yeah, man. If you can get like one for four, you're fine. And it, and again, it was the timing of the kills, the first two kills that they made that they absolutely had to have. When Drysaddle scored that power play goal, the game was over anyway. I think it was four nothing for the Canucks, and so they made it four one. And then the Canucks responded in such a positive way. Like, the way they responded in that game, they would, you know, Myers, when he took that penalty in the first five minutes, something like that, put it over the glass, the Canucks hadn't come out looking incredible. In fact, oh, actually, the Oilers, they were getting far they, outstanding. Yeah, the, 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 the Oilers beginning. looked like uh, we were, uh, you know, like it was like, oh, uh, they look, they look much fast. faster. They look yeah. fast, right? And you're, and the you're, Canucks and weathered the storm though, which was impressive. But the and then and then Myers um, took the penalty, and then the Canucks had that impressive kill. Did the Oilers have some chances? Yeah, they're going to have chances, but ultimately they didn't score. And then, kind of against the flow of play, not kind of, <laughs> blatantly against the flow of play. Um, you had the Pedersen Garland two on two, and then Pedersen holds up. Garland goes to the net. Pedersen makes an incredible pass, and Garland collects it. Not a great defensive play by the Edmonton Oilers defenseman, but Garland collects it and buries it. And so you're just looking at the way the team managed things that could have gone wrong. And then when you kill a penalty, it is such a momentum killer for the other team if you go back and score because it's like a double whammy for them. Not only didn't they score on the power play, you've come back and responded and scored. And how many times last season did we watch the Canucks and they just like they couldn't get a kill? Whenever they needed one, they couldn't get a kill. And there were often times that the power play would start and it would be like one draw, two passes in the back of the net. And you're like, they don't have they don't have any idea what they're doing out there. They held a lead and, too. And people would say, Well, you can coach that. I'm like, you can coach a little bit of it. Would you love to be privy to some of those conversations talking like breaking down the penalty kill and just like what were they saying in that room? Just how bad that it was. What can you say yeah, to those players? Like, what are you guys point? doing? Well, they held a lead. They didn't panic. Well, that was a change, right? Of, I mean, by the way, I got nervous, and <laughs> I know it's a joke. It's 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 a meme at this point. But as soon as that three nothing hit, I'm like, okay, so what's going to happen now? Because so often last year they just for some reason yeah. fell apart, and it was and completely different. They didn't. Yeah, they they yeah. were composed. They they took the desire out of the Oilers. Yeah, against like Oil- one of the best teams in the league. Yeah, the Oilers were so frustrated. And that's another thing. Like, th- there is a, with the PK, but also just your five on five play, there is something so satisfying about frustrating another team, especially if it's Connor McDavid. And, and I think the Canucks <laughs> have really lost that over the last few years. They used to have players that used to love going out there and checking. You know, guys like uh, Burroughs and Kessler and Hanson and Higgins, they used to love going out there and checking the other team, and they would frustrate them. And it's fun, and that's why they would – that's why the, those Canuck players, like, they would often, you know, like, be chirping out there because they're trying to frustrate them. And that's what Stan Spiel in some ways is talking about when he's like, you know, like, take it to the other team. Yeah, instigate. To instigate, right? Yeah. Go out there and try and get in these guys' heads and frustrate them. The PK is the best way to do it. And if you're out on the PK and you're and you're and you're getting in passing lanes and these guys are trying to make the plays and all of a sudden you've intercepted the puck or you've knocked a puck down, they get frustrated, mm-hmm. right? And by the end of it, and I think, you know, 
it says a lot about the Oilers that they have to work on that. They were so frustrated that they just kind of threw their hands up in the air and they were like, "Whatever, it's game one. Uh, this is this is stupid. I'm gonna I'm gonna take some bad penalties now." A team that's built right? to come back with high powered offense had no interest in coming back in a game that they were. Well, is it safe to say that they're looking ahead to tomorrow and they're probably going to come out like guns blazing? Like oh. it's it's most likely going to be just a. Gong show for that first Greg, period. Greg, the dairy farmer, dar- dairy farmer with what we learned. Edmonton Raiders are expecting the Oilers to show their championship pedigree in response to the 8-1 loss. Hashtag good times. Yeah, yeah they're going to be playing angry. It's a little early for that, though, isn't it? It's, it's a little early for needing the response. Playing that card game two? <laughs> yeah, game two. Um, I think the Oilers are going to look a lot better on Saturday. I goaltending think- will. I think, well, can you imagine? Can you imagine? He's like, we're going with Campbell again. This I, I hope they galaxy brain this decision big time. Like, come on. We need him to bounce back. He's uh, going in. Cole and Calgary ask us anything. Did OEL just need a kick in the butt to rediscover his form? Or is Florida Sunshine rehabilitating our buyout boy? Uh, the Panthers have a lot of injuries on their blue line. Uh, they don't have Montour. They don't have Ekblad. They lost guys like Gudis. They lost guys like, uh, I think Stahl's not there anymore. Um, and Oliver Ekman Larson, in a 2 nothing loss to Minnesota, mind you, played something like 26 minutes the other night. And I think he was on a pair with Gustav Forsling. So that'll be interesting to watch. It's going to be a really, really fun sports weekend. All sorts of good games. Hockey. Baseball, football, rugby, if you're into it, enjoy it. Uh, I think it'll be Jamie Dodd and I uh, on Monday on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650.